The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Keeper Cut Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Young. Typically, this is where I'd say I'm joined as always by Pete Ball, but Pete is not with us today. Uh, the bad news is that you're stuck with me. The good news is that we have a very exciting, very fun guest. Uh, I'm joined today by Niv Shah, the founder and creator of AutoNew. Those of you who listen to us are, are very familiar with AutoNew. We talk about it quite a bit, uh, but this will be a chance to dive a little deeper into what AutoNew is, what makes it special with the, the man behind AutoNew. So Niv, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Chad. I, I feel like we have to be like really clear that we also are friends from high school. Like, yeah, I was about to say, like, people who listen to the show know I've got a long history with AutoNew because I I helped Niv develop, not develop it. Saying when I when I say I helped develop it, it makes it sound like I was involved with like writing code, which <laughs> is not remotely true. Um, but but yeah, Niv, Niv and I have been friends for like Man, a lot of years now, really long time, many years now. Yeah, yeah, lots of years along with some other friends of ours from another friend of ours, Jeff from high school, some friends from college, we sort of put together the first auto new league. And I mean, but Niv, you're really, you're really the one who ran with it, right? Like, yeah, Jeff and I were like, this is cool. We're having fun. (laughs) And you were like, I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. It's a little different, a little bit different of a, of a commitment uh, for me because I'm a lunatic or whatever, but yeah. So I'm really happy to be on here and talk about auto new a little bit. I really appreciate you guys carrying the torch for the game. And I guess you guys have a listener's league too. We do. We we started three listener's leagues this year. That's incredible. Two of them are off on new, but one of them is on. So we wanted to get a, a variety since our right. our audience does play out of new, but doesn't all play out of new. So we've got a we've got a head-to-head league that's through fan tracks and a roto season long league that's through fan tracks. And then we've got a four by four original format auto new by far my favorite of the auto new formats yeah. for, for our keeper league that's awesome that's great yeah thank you so much for doing that and introduce people to the game yeah like auto new i guess like i don't I, I, you guys have a pretty like the listeners have a pretty good idea of what auto new is right like dynasty like uh auction based market based fantasy baseball fantasy sports like we have football and basketball products as well but obviously we're going to focus on baseball for this podcast and it's year-round, which is the best part about it, I think. There is never a time that you cannot be doing something in AutoNew. And it's all market-based, which is, I think, the unique and important aspect of it, what it brings to like sort of the fantasy landscape. Every player, rather than getting to pick up players based on uh, when you last picked a player, you get to pick players based on how much money you're willing to spend on them. And that, you know... Uh, is really reflected in the gameplay all the way down. I think it's like really unique and and distinct, and also what makes AutoNew really fun. Like it's just so much more interesting to talk about player valuation when it's tied to a real dollar amount than picks are a little bit more abstracted and a little bit more difficult to talk about. I think even Fab, right? Because think about like leagues that use Fab for for in season pickups. Right, Fab is like. It's fun, but it's like it's like funny money, right? It's like, oh, I spent a hundred dollars on this guy, and that hundred dollars like is what it is. It's gone. Right. Whereas in Auto New, if you, you can drop a hundred dollars on a guy if you want to, but now you've got that guy in your roster for eating up a hundred dollars of salary cap and taking up it, taking up resources, right? Yeah. So yep. Yeah, having the budget 
be one single budget through the whole year. So you have a budget that you go to draft with. That's the same budget you have left over to pick up free agents or whatever. And it's just, you know, how you have to navigate the whole year. So that, that to me is really fun and unique. And, you know, I encourage anyone who's listening who hasn't tried it out to reach out to me or to try out the game or whatever. Like it's, I think it's good. <laughs> if people want to reach out to you, how should they do that? You know, I always answer help at autonew.com emails. So that's the easiest way. If you want to directly talk to me, the person, there's also a pretty rich community that, uh, you know, Chad is uh, definitely active in. And we have a, a lot of great active members who collectively have a lot of knowledge about Autonew, much more than I singularly do. And that's if you go to community.autonew.com, O-T-T-O-N-E-U.com. That is a great way to get a ton of information that exists about the game already. Get really acclimated with it. And any questions you have, like the community can help you find the answer to. So that's really good. So is there still, I mean... We're, we're like, so we're recording this on Friday, April 1st. It's going to go out on Monday the 4th. Is Monday the 4th? Monday, Monday's the 4th. That sounds One, right. One, two, three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're like, you have to calculate the salaries of players and figure out what share yeah, of your budget count how many days. Three days from now right. is just too much math. <laughs> no, so yeah, Monday is the 4th when this comes out. Is there still time for people to set up leagues? I mean, is it is yeah, it too late good, to join? It's, it's a good question. I think... If you're playing more of a traditional fantasy format, uh, single season stuff, I think you can really make the argument that you don't really want to start after opening day. Auto New, I encourage you and the game encourages you to take sort of a longer view of things. So starting in April or May, it's not really the end of the world if you're going to tr- hope to play for like many more years, right? So I encourage people to to start seasons, you know, after opening day is fine. Last year, we had a big push after opening day because... We had a little bit of press and people just happened to notice us after the baseball season already had started. And we had a couple season, a couple leagues start mid season, which, you know, if you do start a season, a start a league mid season, which means like, you know, after, after July one, I think you will get the rest of that year for free, that season for free. So, you know, I encourage people to take sort of a longer view and, and definitely try out the game. You know, it's never too late to, sign up you'll be playing year round for hopefully many years in the future so missing missing a couple weeks of april isn't isn't really a deal breaker for 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 playing the game i think yeah and i mean i feel I, this, some of this you know we going back to the beginning talking about how long we've known each other and I, i've been around this for so long I'm, i feel like i'm asking questions like is it too late to sign up it's like no i know it's not some of these are uh, leading I, questions actually, a little bit right yeah just a little i have an auction for uh, for an existing league but i have an auction on sunday so by time i by time you're listening to this i will be done with that auction but as of now when we're recording it like i'm i'm still getting ready for the season the you know the season hasn't started there is still time like if i can have an auction sunday you can have an auction tuesday uh, or you can have one like like niv said you can have one in in april i want to go back a little bit though when we talked about this that you know we we developed this as a concept and was like okay we got uh originally eight nine there were nine people in year one and we got it up to 12 and like i said you know the others of us who who helped sort of create this concept just were like hey this is cool this is fun we're gonna keep playing and you just took it to a different level (laughs) what drove you to be like oh instead of just playing this game with my friends i'm gonna actually build an entire service around this and and see where it goes yeah well that's a great question i think originally like all of it I mean, I'm looking now at 2022 and I've been doing this. AutoNew has been around for a really long time, huh? Like 13 years, 12 years. I think it's been out for the, like it's been publicly publicly available for like 12, yeah, 12 years, something like 2010 that. sounds right. And so it feels like, you know, right now, like, oh, I just snapped my fingers and all this stuff happened at once. But, you know, there was just stuff that happened every single step of the way. Back in 2005, when... Mm-hmm. Chad and I started playing this with with our high school and college friends. We were just using Yahoo and we had a spreadsheet in Excel that we had to email around. Gmail was new, you know, like we were sending attachments around. We didn't have a lot of the stuff that even now, like we, we wouldn't have like Google Drive or any of the things that would make it even a little easier to to manage offsite yeah, now. If we, if we had Google, if we had Google Sheets 
in yeah. 2005 or whatever <laughs> we started this. It would not have been a game changer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. auto new may not have happened because like we wouldn't have needed to like like just the difficulty that we had eventually made it such that it was easier for me to just have a website with all this all this data on it so we could just see everything in one place. And we just didn't have any other way of doing that when we were starting this out. My favorite story, Chad, as you know, you are essential to it because AutoNew really is born out of these collections of web pages that I had to build so that we could manage some of the processes to this game that, you know, Yahoo uh, had no ability to manage and we didn't have like nifty little one-off websites to use for this stuff. So my favorite story of this and what actually got me to start writing the first AutoNew code is we were trying to manage uh, auctions for players in season, free agents in season. And those auctions were 48 hours, just like we do now, where you had to email your bid to the league. And I believe my college roommate, Thad, emailed with about eight minutes to go before the deadline. We didn't really think this through, right? This was not a very good system. He emailed like eight minutes to go to the deadline, bidding $2 on a prospect. And Chad emailed with about 10 seconds before the deadline, emailing, uh, bidding $3. Yep. And that prospect was Cole Hamels. <laughs> it was the obvious strategic move to do. <laughs> That's right. It was because we just didn't have systems in place that that automated all this. And so Chad bid $3. The player turned out to be Cole Hamels. So, so it wasn't just, you know, some no-name guy. It was a really important player that Chad was able to put to good use for many seasons, I believe, uh, on his teams. And I was like, well, you know what? Chad used the right strategy. This is dumb. I'm going to make a website so that we can have auctions announced and everyone can do blind bidding 48 hours uh, on this website. Come in, enter your bid whenever you want to. We do a Vickery style auction, which is the team that bids the highest gets the player for the second highest bid plus one dollar so you don't ever really quote unquote overbid you're always playing paying very close to what market would require and so we just so the, a- vickery vickery style auctions are what you end up with when the the third person who helps create the game is an economist with the federal <laughs> reserve and you're like how should we div- divvy up players like how do we decide what the right market value is for a player and he's like let me go into some detailed research into the best way to value assets. It's like, this is actually a solved problem because the best way to figure out what the pricing of something is, is a Vickery auction. We don't have to go into the super economic background of that stuff just to say that it's a really good system. And it's obviously worked for us this, this long and will be the way we do this. But so I built a page that just let us do Vickery auctions. And, you know, once we have one page that we were going to off Yahoo, it became easier and easier to, add more pages. I read a book called Baseball Hacks that showed you how to scrape uh, Major League Baseball game day. So I had um, Major League Baseball stats coming in at some point. We had a lineup page and I just slowly built out all the functionality so that we could just move directly off Yahoo and manage everything on AutoNew with rosters and all that stuff. And you can sort of see that in the in the site now in the way that it's sort of organized and broken up you know, we talk about a little bit, like every single page has like a very distinct purpose and exists like with like such a, like a purpose of intent. There's nothing that's like filler on the page and on the site. And there's not a lot of pages that are like, I need to go here for three or four different things at the same time. Like each page tries to be pretty distinct because that's sort of the way I think about development. So anyway, like we just piecemeal built everything up like that. And the other great story, other than the Cole Hamels one, involves uh, Eno Saris, like our good friend over at The Athletic, who, when I, I moved to California in 2009 or 2010, and Eno was on Twitter, which was new at that time, asking some questions about how to organize his PitchFX database. Back in like 2009, 2010, he was scraping off game day like all the other pitch analysts were on uh, those days. And he was just asking, like, how do I find, like, this value for this pitcher's curveball or something? And I emailed with him a little bit, and I helped him write some database SQL statements to query his database the way he wanted to. And he offered to get me a beer the next time I was in California, and I told him I had just moved to California. And so he offered to get me a beer the next time I was in Menlo Park, and it turned out I had moved one town away from Menlo Park. So he got me a beer, and uh, over that beer, we talked about new. 
We talked about the vision of like what fantasy baseball could be, what the purpose is of like the difference between playing what playing Yahoo is or Yahoo or a traditional fantasy baseball game, ESPN or CBS, what draft picks and saves and all these different ideas that are really abstracted away from the actual goals of major league baseball teams, but are good for the game of fantasy baseball and how like instead of having playing this other game called fantasy baseball, what if we played a game that was really close to baseball? And so I pitched I, I think that's a really go ahead. I think it's a really good point that it wasn't just I mean there there are lots of things in fantasy baseball that are not real, but they're they are about the gameplay for fantasy baseball. And, right. and one of the big things that we tried to do in in the original days of Auto New was make it feel more like what a real GM has to deal with. Yeah, I think like, we all read Moneyball. Like I think all three of us read Moneyball the summer it came out, and like we were like, why? What is this? What is Billy Bean doing and why are we not doing any of that? And when we were playing this like hardcore Yahoo league for like many years with all of our friends and all of a sudden it felt like complete, like Moneyball kind of like removed the illusion that you were doing anything similar to what Billy Bean was doing or what GMs were doing. You know, and we're fans of the Cleveland Guardians now and they have since the mid nineties been a really smart organization and really well run. And they were doing a lot of things that were sort of separate from like the world of baseball that we inhabited that only became clearer and more understandable after reading Moneyball and after understanding what front offices are actually doing. And reading all that stuff, it really made like a traditional fantasy just feel empty, right? And there's a lot of moving parts here. Like when I was talking to you know about this conversation, like the very beginning, Part of it is the stat choice, right? Like four by four, like we're avoiding saves, we're avoiding stolen bases. Or if you play in a points league in auto new, those things are weighted in. The leverage uh, stats aren't one fifth of your stats, like a five by five league or one tenth. The most like the most important stuff, like 10% of your total output in five by five is determined by stolen bases. And that's stolen bases are valuable, but they are not 10% of what a major league baseball team cares about, right? Yeah. And the other thing that, that I think points does that because of the weighting in is it gives you a lot more options for how you build your team. You don't have to have a balanced team, which like we've seen plenty of major league teams be successful by bashing their opponents to death. By doing all kinds of major things. league teams Pitch. be successful by just pitching better than anyone else. And right. there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to to manage that. So, so like laying out all the things that we that Chad and Jeff and I were trying to accomplish with Auto New to Eno, who was a very accomplished and uh, known baseball writer, you know, laying all that out to him while he was at Fangraphs, he was just like, well, you know who you need to talk to is my boss at Fangraphs. You need to talk to David Appleman. And Eno made that conversation happen. And I talked with David a few times and David liked the idea of having a fantasy sports game, but he also really liked the vision. He thought that what we're doing is really aligned with what Fangraphs was doing which again is like pretty well inspired by trying to understand what major league baseball teams are doing. Right. And evaluating them accordingly. Right. Saying that this signing was really good. The signing was bad because what are we trying to, how do we try to accomplish winning baseball games? So trying to align a fantasy game with more of like that kind of thought, it it really aligned with what Fangraphs wanted to do. And so now like over the course of six years, I had accidentally built a website and gotten in contact with exactly the right person who would be interested in helping me launch that website as a service. So that was like kind of a crazy sequence of events that was only possible in like what Twitter was like in 2010 and what, you know, whatever, like just a totally different kind of world, but it just happened piecemeal by piecemeal, right? Started from let's build this one page so we don't have to email bids all the way up to you have a fully functioning website that people can sign up for and play fantasy sports on. Yeah. So that 2010, 2011, around then, like we launched with Fangraphs on Valentine's day. I believe this is the 11th year. Now that I'm thinking about it, right. Cause we did the 10 year. We just did the 10 year last year. You're last right. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's obviously a thing where I really like fantasy baseball. I love baseball as a sport. Like I just like going to games and stuff like that. And a lot of that is in part, due to you, Chad, and 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 my other friends from high school who, like, we went to baseball games all the time in high school. It was, like, yeah. a really good Cleveland team to watch and really fun time to be in Cleveland and follow that team. So 
just really liking baseball and finding this to be like a fun way to spend my free time got me all the way up to Fangraphs. And in 2015, it got me a conversation with the GM of the then Cleveland Indians, right? So I got to meet uh, Mike Chernoff and I've met with him a few times and in person and we, we, we occasionally text each other. And he only got in touch with me because someone in his family went to college with me and had noticed my website on Fangraphs and was like, wow, I have a friend who, or I have a family member who is really into baseball also. And you guys should talk to each other. And like in 2015, having like, you got to pinch me, right. To be able to talk to the GM of my favorite baseball team and starting to see what like the impact auto new is happening, having in the greater world. There were podcasts being made about auto new then and people blogging about auto new. And I was like, Oh, I have like this little ecosystem that's going on over here. And that's really what pushed me to say, like, I really need to spend all my time working on this rather than having it as a, cause I was doing that as a side gig up until 2015. I had other full-time jobs and I would just come in and occasionally check on the site at night. And now it's how I spend all my time. And the site is really quite quite better off for it, I would say. <laughs> There's a lot of functionality that's been added. And I think it's as good, if not better than any of the other major sites that are out there. And and it's super fun to get to work on this all the time. So if there's any, and also like, obviously, if there's anything people come up with ideas and stuff for new functionality on the page, on the, on the site, I can just do that. I don't have to have meetings about it. I don't have. And if you guys go, if you go have ideas, you have thoughts, if you go to the community site that he mentioned before, community.outernew.com, there is a wish list category. Category? I think it's a yeah, category. Topic there's a wish list topic. And you can put in there things like, I don't know, anything you want. I yeah. wish you would let me do a waivers league or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you can try. You, you won't do, <laughs> but but you can go in there and, and there are a number of features on the site now that have been born out of somebody saying like, hey, it'd be really cool if this functionality existed and Niv being like, in fact, it would be cool if yeah, that existed I agree. and I can make yeah. it happen. And so and- for, for new people who are like, obviously we have listeners who who play out a new. For those who don't, somebody who's sitting there right now listening to this and going like, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Like, What's something they should know or something they might miss as they're getting set up that you think is interesting, important, will help them get started? Well, I think uh, most of my advice, uh, that's a really good question. Most of my advice stems from you have to take the long view in almost every aspect of AutoNeo. That means that trades, trades that you might think are uneven, if you take a little bit of a longer view on them, like think over the next season, season and a half, two seasons, don't don't think much further out than two years out, but if you're thinking on that timeline, like you can start seeing the shape in which like trades maybe look less unfair than you think. If you think on that kind of timeline, like you can understand, like yeah, an auction draft can be really slow or, or take a really long chunk of time, but it's okay to do it piecemeal over a few days and to maybe miss opening day of baseball because we're gonna be playing this league for many years, right? So a lot of the advice I'd give would just be like. It's never too late to start and you should just think of this as a hobby you will have for quite a while because a lot of people who play it end up <laughs> having played it for quite a while. Like we have a lot of people who play AutoNew who started in 2011, 2012, right? right? For those people who have been playing a long time, like what's what's the thing you think a lot of them might be missing? Like some something that like long time players are like, oh, you might've been playing this for a few years, but here's the thing that you're not, think about, you might not notice, you might not pay attention to, but you should. That's a great question. And, you know, we're hoping to do a lot more of this in the future and even in the near future. I think our integration with Fangraphs is something that gets underplayed a little bit. You can, you know, Fangraphs has this great leaderboard section of the site that Major League Baseball teams use, you know, to, these are the tools that Major League Baseball, like analysts use as like the groundwork for, all kinds of decision-making that goes up in the front office. And you can get those leaderboards for your fantasy team for AutoNew. And that's a unique feature of AutoNew. Nobody else uh, has that integration with Fangraphs where you just punch in your league number and, or there's a link from uh, AutoNew to the, to, to literally to Fangraphs with a leaderboard that is exactly the same leaderboard as their major league baseball leaderboard, except with your fantasy team and fantasy league information in it. So that can help you find free agents. It can help you sort of evaluate who is performing well and who's underperforming for your teams. It's a really 
powerful integration. And I think, I think a lot of people use it, but I think a lot of people don't realize that it's there and how, how useful it actually can be. And we're hoping to do more integration with Fangraphs like that in the future. I think it's that, that relationship is wholly unique to us and definitely one of the best things about AutoNew. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think when I'm looking at, at free agents in, in my fantasy leagues, like one of the more frustrating things in anything other than AutoNew is the inability to quickly look at fan graphs and see see what I want to see, right? Like Yahoo or, yeah. or fan tracks, like they've got they've got good systems, but they don't have the level of data that that fan graphs does. And the ability to integrate with that is just like it's the only it is the only fantasy service where I have the ability to look at free agent pitchers sorted by the difference between FIP and ERA. Yeah. Which May or may not be the single best way to find free agent pitchers, but it's certainly an interesting way to find free agent pitchers or to look at trade targets sorted by right. that. So like it's it's really interesting. It's functionality that doesn't exist anywhere else. Right. It exists only with us. And just to piggyback on that, it's not going to be the magic bullet. So it's not like everyone's sitting there and being like, I know exactly who I need to target. It just lets you start your analysis from a more advanced position. Right. So so you just are using the tools that major league teams are using. That's awesome. And and right, it's not going to give you exactly the the answer like you need to go add this player right now and that would that would simplify the game too much, but it does give you like a way of problem solving, improving your fantasy team that that no one else does. So I really I really I think that's an awesome undersold feature. So for people who want to get started, what's the quickest way for them to dive in? Best way to get started with AutoNew to go to the community forums, which we mentioned a few times, check out the managers wanted section. And if there is an established league with some people who have been playing AutoNew for a couple of years, that is the best way to get your feet wet. You will find really smart, competitive, but also willing to teach players that you can play with that will make the sort of learning curve a lot less steep. It's not a particularly steep curve. If you're already sort of thinking about fantasy baseball in this sort of like evaluative manner but there are some things right like getting used to the $400 budget and 40 man rosters and really understanding how many prospects you can carry with that it seems like a lot at first and then it's like oh maybe it's zero and it's the answer somewhere in between there but getting a feel for like how you want your playstyle to be becomes a lot easier when you're playing in an established league with sort of a, an established dynamic and with people who know what they're doing so the best way to get started is definitely like sort of mid off season, December, January, poking around in those forums, seeing if there's some teams that are like really interesting. The second best way to get started is to just jump in right now, right? You know, if you're listening to Keeper Cut all the time, you're you're well situated. If you've never played Auto New, you like these guys are doing a really good job of getting you sort of in the right mindset of playing. So there are new leagues that are uh, forming today. Like uh, I had a, a league entirely start and fill up yesterday. So there are definitely people out there interested in picking up teams and interested in playing auto new and ready to take that dive maybe for the first time or maybe to pick up a second team or a third team. And and if you go to autonew.fangraphs.com, you can see their buttons there for join a league, create a league, claim a team. Yeah, we're claiming a team is an existing team in an existing league. So there, there's just like a lot of easy ways to get yourself a team. But the best thing, the best advice I can give is to actually start, right? A lot of people are like worried about the time commitment, which is definitely real, but not overwhelming, I think. It depends. I mean, it's up to you how you want to play. A lot of people are intimidated by the advanced stats, but, you know, we're not using anything too, too difficult to measure. You know, we're using stats that you can find on any baseball website. So. The best way to get started is to go find a format, start wrapping your head around what kind of format you'd be interested in playing, be it five by five or four by four or one of the head-to-head formats or whatever, and either create the league or, or join a league that that fits what you're interested in doing. So let's take a, a real quick break to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we got a couple more interesting, unique, auto new things to talk about. Plus, we'll get into some, some players and storylines from MLB. We'll be right back. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, welcome back. Talking here with Niv Shah, the creator and founder of Auto New. So Niv, we've talked a lot about sort of the basic game, giving people some advice on how to get started. Something that they, unfortunately, if you're new to Auto New, you can't do this year, but you could do next year, that I think is is one of my one of my favorite things now that it exists, is <laughs> the Auto New Prestige League. Auto New Prestige League, OPL, was new last year. It just filled up for this year. So it's it's going to be 240 teams going at it again. Tell me a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about like OPL. What is it and what prompted you to create this? Yeah. So one thing I, I've become a, a bit of a, of a European soccer fan in the last few years. And one thing that I really enjoy watching is Champions League soccer. And it's really interesting to me, the idea of having one team, my, my per, preferred team is Liverpool, that plays in multiple competitions. So they play on the weekends in England in their domestic league in the EPL. And then midweek, they can play in the Champions League or in an English tournament or all these different other contests. So I was thinking about that model and how fantasy sports doesn't really have that model per se. And also how like one of the things that we talk about a lot in, in Auto New, like especially like the more advanced players, they talk about like, well, we're playing in points. We're all playing in different points leagues and we all are scoring points the same way. Whose teams are scoring the most points? And like, what are the, how do we evaluate which leagues are the strongest leagues and which teams are the strongest league teams across all of AutoNew rather than league specific? AutoNew isn't the biggest site in the world, right? We have like 350-ish leagues. So you can do that kind of evaluation. It's not like a thousands upon thousands of leagues to go through. So seeing a lot of people be interested in that conversation about like, how do we compare these teams against each other? I thought what would be really neat is to build sort of a second contest, a second competition that le- that teams could enter with their rosters, with their with minimal management required, uh, minimal active management, but we'll let some of the best teams across all of AutoNew duke it out against each other. So what's OPL? OPL is... A game, uh, 240 teams are allowed to enter. In order to enter, you have to be in a league that's been established for two years or for a full season that is a 12-team league. Any prize tier doesn't matter. And any scoring format doesn't matter. But in order to enter, you have to finish in the top six of your league in the previous season. And that team is then qualified for OPL. And what OPL does is once a month until the all-star break takes a snapshot of your team's roster up to 40 players. And that is your roster for that period of OPL. So we're going to do our first snapshot on April 7th on opening day at 4 AM. We're going to take us the first 40 players on your auto new teams that are entered and have an algorithm that basically evaluates what every player is doing in actual baseball and scores their points and optimizes the lineup based on the best possible point total. So you don't have to set your lineups. You don't actually have to do any roster moves. All the roster moves that you do in your regular league, in your home league, will, if you continue to advance in OPL, will be automatically reflected on the OPL roster snapshot. And so what we do is at the end of every month, we lop off a bunch of teams and uh, the process starts over again. You can't really jump out to a huge lead because the way OPL is set up, we only count a little bit of percentage of your previous score in each round. 
So we go through, I think, eight rounds, and it finishes in a big March Madness-style 64-team tournament where every game is two weeks, and it come, whittles down to one team, that a championship game on the second-to-last week of the season that determines who wins the entire tournament. And with 240 teams entered, it's $50 a team to enter. We pay out p- pretty big cash prizes for what we what Auto New normally does. I think the winner gets $1,600, something like that, and a custom baseball bat that no one else will ever have. You have an opportunity to get a t-shirt. You get a free t-shirt if you make it into the tournament, which is unique. So we have all these neat prizes, and the way the the game works is you don't actually have to do a ton, but you also, it changes the way you think about your regular league and your home league, how what kind of players you want to add, how to best optimize for the best ball algorithm of OPL and, and, and what kind of strategies involved there. I think it's a real nice segue into a conversation that you and I need to have independent <laughs> of any podcast going on, but it's a good time to do it. Um, so Niv and I are co-managing a team in Auto New League 13. It's a Fangraph staff league. So we're, we're competing primarily with, with some of my colleagues at Fangraph, some of the other writers over there. But we have entered that team into OPL. And I mean, Niv, this this majorly impacted our our yeah, strategy for the it draft. entirely changed changed it. It didn't only change our draft; it changed what how you were thinking about the team. I, I only picked up co managing this season, but how you were thinking of the team towards the end of last season, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the things that's really important for OPL is having players with multiple position eligibilities that's that play regularly. That is just the biggest value because. The best ball algorithm, if you score positive points, it will put you into a slot in your lineup. And the lineup is sort of a standard auto new lineup. And if you only are third base eligible and you score positive points, there are two places you can go into, utility or third base. If you have outfield eligibility, that's five new slots that have been introduced to that you could be put into if you score positive points. So that creating that flexibility that basically gives flexibility to the best ball algorithm is super important if you want to enter OPL. And that's something that we really focused on in our League 13 draft. And it's also really, really all off season. I mean, we we, right. we started talking early in the off season. We started off with uh, Reese Hoskins and CJ Crone as our two first basemen and, and also had Kyle Schwarber, who is first base and outfield eligible, Ryan Mountcastle, who's first base and outfield eligible, Connor Joe, who is first base and outfield eligible. And we basically made a decision early in the offseason that uh, while we while we did not plan to cut Reese Hoskins or CJ Crone, we did want to trade one of them because we didn't think we yeah. needed to carry two guys who were only first base eligible. We felt like we could we could cover that position with with guys who might be in the outfield. And I and I think this is an interesting thing because in a if we weren't entered into OPL, I would not have thought that at all. I would have been like, great, we'll have Hoskins and Crone. We'll start them both. One of them will be our util. Right. Fine. But having those two, like, if you have a day where those two both hit a home run, let's say, they get their points, they're at first base in util and you're in your best ball league. But then all of a sudden, if you have, you know, two third basemen who also have a solid day, six outfielders who also have a solid day, somebody's getting pushed to the bench. And leaving and, points on the bench is just the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we ended up making some moves to try to add more guys who are multi-position eligible. We made a trade in the offseason for Dalton Varsho, who is catcher and outfield eligible. We had debated only carrying one catcher. Now, we are fortunate that our catcher is Salvador Perez, who had 161 games played last year, which is obviously a lot for a catcher-eligible player. Varsho was sort of a perfect fit because it was like, we're not really sure we want two catchers. The, the The analysis out there suggests that having a second catcher is not necessary for OPL. But Varsho is sort of a perfect fit because on days where he and Perez both play well, he can slot into an outfield spot or obviously one of them could go to a util spot. There's a lot of flexibility there, right? Uh, which really helps. And the idea behind OPL is also to sort of, because we have to make a decision like this. Chad and I are making these kind of strategy choices. It makes players like Reese Hoskins available to teams that are maybe not playing in OPL or 
or aren't qualified for OPL, right? So it allows, uh, there's like these little, little bits of competitive balance coming out of this game because we have to make choices that are maybe like, maybe not optimal for our home league, but are optimal for OPL. And those trade-offs then benefit people in our home league, right? Yeah. And so the, the thing we're dealing with now is we are, you know, little less than a week away from that snapshot that that Niv was talking about before, which means we have to have our OPL lineup locked basically by the time we go to bet on the 6th, so that at 4 a.m. Eastern time on the 7th, it, it's it's locked into place. We have an open roster spot, which is not a thing you want in, in OPL. You want to <laughs> fill that up, so we have to figure out how to fill it up. We also, there was some interesting research that got shared. There's an auto new Slack community, and there's some interesting research that got shared there by a guy named Greg. His, his handle is at Walker Pilot. And... He was looking at basically how many points do you get for adding a player to a given position. So for example, if you have five corner infielders, you add a sixth, you expect that sixth corner infielder to add about 2.85 points per day to your lineup. Great. One of the things that stood out to me in that research was that you, you still have a lot of marginal points to add. You can still add more than three marginal points basically per bat added up to your 26th bat. Your 26th bat would be bat would be expected to add about 3 points per day. Your 27th would add 2.85. I think we have 20 bats. Is that right? Is that what I I think yeah, that's, that's what right. I counted before. We got 1 2 2 4 6 8 10 12 14 16 18 20. So we actually have 22 bats on the roster. However, two of them, Alec Thomas and George Valera are expected to start the year in the minors. And so this creates an interesting situation for us where we could use that empty roster spot to add a 21st bat, which would be great. We have three prospects. In addition to Thomas and Valero, we have George Kirby. Prospects are, they're black holes in OPL, right? right? They're on your roster. They use up one of your 40 spots, but they're not going to score points. So we've got, we've got some decisions to make now about like, you know, Thomas, Valero, and Kirby are all top valuable prospects. We have to decide if we want to. We have them on the, the trade block. There hasn't been any interest yet in trading for them. And so we have to make a decision now about do we sit on these guys and hope that we, we that 37 roster spots is enough for us to survive the April cut? Right. Or do we maybe want to cut one or two or all three of them in order to add? Like, again, if we added another two or three bats, that could be, according to Greg's research, if we added two more bats beyond, so we're going to add the one for sure. If we added two more beyond that by cutting two of these guys, we could add another 6.8 points per day, roughly. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. Now, yeah. That's uh make the cut number of points. Like it that, could be, right? Yeah. And, and I think this is the challenge is, do we think, if we think we're good enough to make the cut without cutting those guys, then... Thomas and Kirby could both be up by the time the second snapshot happens. If not, maybe somebody's more willing to trade bigger value, right? Like if we, you know, looking at the like free agents right now, like in this league right now, there are two auctions going on. One is for a prospect, Gabriel Moreno. We're not going to bid on him. The other is for Darren Ruff, who, who actually would be a good fit for us. Actually, this, this won't air until after that auction is done. So I can say we are bidding on Ruff. We actually started the Ruff auction. <laughs> yeah. So there's also like other free agents that are out there are, I mean, like, I'm not sure Trevor Larnock's going to make the twins opening day roster. So he's not a great fit. Randall Gritchuk, Tyler Naquin, Kyle Isbell, I think should be playing for the Royals. It gets thin quickly. And so one of the challenges we have to deal with now is like our best bet for making the, the first cut might be to cut Alec Thomas or George Valera or George Kirby or all of them and add Darren Ruff or Randall Gritchuk or whoever right now today. Right. But our best shot for winning the whole thing might be to sit on those prospects, wait for somebody to be ready to sell and trade two of those guys for like a stud bat. Right. Which, which, you know, the last snapshot is right off the all-star game. Right. So a couple weeks before the trade deadline in auto new, our trade deadline is July 31st. So that gives, I mean, that is, peak trade prospects for superstars time right there's also a snapshot at the very beginning of june that can also that's usually like when the first sellers start emerging in auto new leagues 
so it's an interesting trade-off, right? Because if we are able to make it through the first two cuts, we have incredibly compelling chips that we held on to that a lot of OPL teams won't hold on to. So they they usually try to bring their best, put their best foot forward at the very beginning. They don't necessarily add, don't have the assets to add pieces later in the season. So it's it, it's a really interesting dynamic, and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what our answer is. I I tend to believe that our team is good enough as it's constructed to make the first cut. The first cut last year we didn't have any qualification, any any qualifying requirements. This year we do. So all these teams finished in the top six of their leagues last year, top half of their leagues last year. So the first cut is probably going to be a little bit more competitive, certainly more competitive than last year's first cut, which had some teams that, uh, you know, were just joining for the novelty of the game, but weren't really necessarily the best teams. I still tend to believe that, like, if we can, like, the first cut is still pretty, pretty forgiving. And I think that we can make it through the first cut. Now, the second cut, I think, is going to be, really hard this year but i with with alec thomas especially like uh, he he speaks like someone who who might be with the big league club right like yeah and then what what was your read on kirby like you you thought he also might kirby i mean he might no he hasn't i don't think kirby's pitched above double double a A right yeah i mean right now it looks like the mariners are going to carry matt brash as their fifth starter and, and Brash has, like, I'm trying to see how much he's pitched. He hasn't pitched above double A either. They are not, they're not scared. They're not shy of doing that kind of move. Pet. Okay. Right. And if you look at their rotation, like, you've got Brash and Gilbert, who are young. You've got Marco Gonzalez, who struggled last year. Flexen, who was sort of, who pitched well last year, but sort of surprisingly so. Yeah, Flexen's an interesting one. It's interesting to see if he's going to stick. Yeah, Uh, it's like there is room if Kirby goes to AAA and is dominating at Tacoma, he could he could find his way up soon. Valera is really the one who is still a ways away. Valera's, but Valera, Valera might be the best of the bunch is the problem. Yeah, I mean, that's Homerist a little bit there, I think, but. We are two Guardians fans, so (laughs) yeah, so it's hard for us to turn turn away from George Valera right now. Right. We we can talk. We should talk about this more, obviously, in the next couple of days. But I tend to believe that you know we need to fill our. We have thirty nine out of forty spots taken, so we we need to fill our last spot. But other than that, I think, I think we should see where we're at. Like I, I, you know, if we don't make the first, if you don't make the first cut, well, that would stink. But yeah, it would. I believe I, that. But we I think can it's. Make I think it's cut. fair to wonder, like, if we cut even all three of those guys and added. I mean, I guess it, like Greg's research would suggest that if we cut those three guys, we added three bats, we could add something like nine points per day, 10 points per day, 10 points per day, which is another 300 points. And I, and I think the question becomes in, in, you know, people were scoring in what what were the scores? Do you do you have access to what the scores were from like, the first oh, round last yeah, year? Yeah, we have we have to look. Um, I I have them tucked away somewhere, and one of the things I am actively working on right now is this history tab for OPL. Like, yeah, we're gonna have a history tab there, so you can see every single year's results, including like a proper tribute to the champion of that year. So I'm I'm working on that. I have it buried away somewhere here, but I, I'm not gonna be able to pull it up in the next. A minute yeah. or two. But regardless, I think I, I'm sort of my my mindset is sort of if that's what keeps us, like if 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 that would have made the difference for us making the cut versus not making the cut in round one, it also means we're probably in a pretty bad spot for round two, right? Let alone round three or the playoffs, right? And, so and it's hard for me. Part to, of me thinks it's hard for me to say, and I think you're going to say this too. It's hard for me to say. Let's sacrifice these promising prospects in a move for a opportunity to be in like basically starting from the bottom in round two, either we make round, we make the first round cut pretty easily, or we're starting in a little bit of a hole, right? Because we're not, our 25% of round one will be towards the end there and we'll have given up uh, really good pieces. And then also we might not make the cut anyway. Right. So, right. So that, that also could come to it. Like, like cutting, 
cutting a piece like Kirby, which is, you know, an interesting pitching prospect for who did you say was out there? Like there's like three. Randall Gritchuk. Yeah. Like, is that, I don't think that, that doesn't inspire. Yeah. That, no. that, that doesn't, I, I think I don't want to run the right into move. the website to do that, but yeah. yeah. And I think what we'll find is like, if we, if we get through April and we're, we feel like we're in danger in May, but it's worth making a run at that cut. Then we can we can cut those guys or trade those guys or, or try to figure out something to do. If not, we can keep sitting on them. Like if we feel pretty good, we can keep sitting on them and try to strengthen our team so we're really yeah. strong, right? Because like the ideal for for my perspective is you know one or two of those guys maybe come up and make a difference for us, and we're able to trade the third as part of a package for a big upgrade that's, that meaningfully improves our team before we get towards the playoffs. So I think it's worth sitting yeah, and, and waiting. And also, uh, it's worth mentioning quickly here that the top of our lineup is good. Like, we have good players on this team. This team yes. has, we have Lindor. Yeah, I mean, look, go ahead. So yeah, looking at our, our roster right now, and just in order of how expensive players are, which is not always the best thing, but uh, we got Xander Bogarts, Chris Bryant, Francisco Lindor, Kyle Schwarber, Joey Gallo, Nick Castellanos, Cattell Marte, Salvi Perez. Then then you get into some of our more like middling guys. You got Ryan Mountcastle, Haseon Kim, Dalton Varsho, Kirilov, AJ Pollock, who just became, I think, more valuable with the move to to a, a very nice hitter's park in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, CJ Crone, Key Brian Hayes. And our, our pitching, there, there's a little concern about whether or not, like, when Zach Wheeler is going to be back. And there's not a lot we can do about that. But if we have him, we've got Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff, Sean Manaya, Ian Anderson, Alex Cobb, Andrew Haney, Ranger Suarez. And then we got a bunch of pitching depth because in OPL, I think that pitching depth, the ability to start two guys almost every day, matters a lot more than, than, than it does in a regular league. Right. The way pitching is done, for anyone listening, is there are two starting pitcher slots and five relief pitcher slots. So you really just want to have one really interesting, successful strategy last year was one guy managed to corner all the giant starters. So he had a starter going every single day. And if that pitcher had, as the giants had many days last year, any kind of a good outing, you got points from one of your pitcher slots. If you have seven pitchers going on one day, you're only going to get two of them. If you only have, if you have one going every single day of the week, you're going to get all those points that are positive. So it's the pitching stuff. The pitching depth is definitely right. You want as many pitchers as possible and you want to get lucky with as little overlap as possible. So before we wrap up here, we haven't really talked about other than, you know, naming some guys on our roster. We haven't really talked to players or anything. I'm curious to know just more generally, forget OPL for a moment. Who are you? Who are you high on this year? What players are you particularly interested in? Who, who are you finding yourself gravitating towards in auctions and stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I generally like for in in these conversations, like for as much time I, I spend around fantasy baseball, I do not think of fantasy baseball as much like in terms of this in this question, right? Strategy, who are the players that you should be high on, low on, like thinking, looking at like stat cast data and trying to identify breakouts which I think is a really fun problem to do, but I just end up every time I, and I've said this multiple times to you, especially Chad, every time I look at something like that, I end up accidentally deciding that I need to build something new on the website rather than evaluating my team. Yep. That being said, very, which is great for the rest of them. Yeah. It's way. very good for anyone who wants to play auto new. I will keep building new things for you and it's fun. Um, in terms of players though, like very specifically, I am super excited about Trevor story in Boston. I, Snagged him early in our League One draft right before he signed there. And I think I got $10 in surplus on day one. I think he would have gone for like 30, 35 bucks instead of the 24 I got him for. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, I'm just excited to see what Trevor Story does. Chris Bryant, I think we have in in 13. I also have in, in one in League One. Him in Colorado, what is that? And what, you know, what how does that change like the the curve and arc of his career i'm really excited to see how that works out and then on the pitching side i'm excited to see how robbie ray pitches this year he, he put it all together last year and you know he's been an auto new darling for quite a while uh, a guy who everyone was really excited that maybe he'll finally not give up a billion home runs and he didn't last year and he was really good but he's also kind of old and but he's pitching in seattle so i don't know 
there's some there's something there's something there that I want to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm just going through going down my roster here, and you know I'm excited to see what next year Ian Anderson brings. John Gray, another classic, like get this man out of Colorado. Now he's out of Colorado. Let's see what he does. And last year I, I stashed Justin Verlander for the whole season, so I have an eleven dollar Verlander in League One, and. I'm pretty excited for that, uh, especially given the radar numbers that I guess he's been posting so far in spring training. Yeah, and just, I mean, Verlander's been such a good pitcher for so long at seeing what he can do after this kind of layoff at his age. It's just such a unique... Exciting, thing. yeah. People were like, oh, what's you know, what's the, the history of a guy at his age coming off a full missed season and actually pitching well? And it's like, I don't know that anyone's ever tried. No one's ever even tried that, it. yeah. No. And, and if you yeah. were... Betting against Justin Verlander doesn't seem like the right way to to, no. to go about that. I'm in on Verlander as well. I I like that. It's gonna be. He's an interesting story, and I think will be. Uh, I think he'll be an ace. Yeah, I mean that. I mean he's not the opening day starter, but I think that's gonna look silly in retrospect uh, at yeah. the end of the year. The other thing, like just to throw in some like regular non fantasy talk for for a brief second. You know, I live in Washington D.C., and the Nationals are not going to be very good this year. But I'm very excited to watch Josiah Gray pitch. And I think he's starting starting in the rotation this year. And I'm also, I don't, this guy might be relevant in 5x5. Five five, I'm not really sure. But Lane Thomas is kind of like a, a pretty fun outfielder to watch play. I'm not particularly sure he, he'd be fun to watch uh, accrue stats for a fantasy team because he doesn't uh, hit for a great amount of average. But I went to a couple games last year and it seemed that he started in when they were sort of like breaking him in. And after he got, I think he got DFA'd and they picked him up and he just seemed to hit a home run every time I was in the park. So I was like, eh, that's pretty fun. And he, he plays, plays defense well and everything. So from like a regular baseball perspective, like those guys, you know, I, I have to deal with the hand that I'm dealt, right? If I was uh, <laughs> in New York, there'd be more things to be excited for <laughs> if you were a Mets fan or whatever, but that's, I mean, I get to watch Juan Soto at home, so that's fun. And the rest of it, you know, Nelson Cruz might hit 40 homers while batting 200 or something. That'll be pretty fun to watch. But yeah, I'm just excited for baseball, man. It feels yeah. like it's been a really long time since uh, we got to watch some real baseball. I'm excited. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Th- and I think Thomas is a really good call. Thomas is an interesting one. In 5x5, five five, he's kind of a weird one because he he did like last year even in this sort of breakout year he had he, he had a 235 average he projects to only be about 235 240 so he is but he's really he's fast, not real good right? at average yeah but he's like there most of the projections have him with something like 15 ish home runs and 8 to 10 stolen bases in about 100 games so you project that out to if he gets a full season you're talking about like a 22 home run 15 stolen base pace and if you play in OBP leagues He's got a career 12.9% walk rate. So he his like his on-base percentage last year was 341 plays. despite the 235 average. Yeah. So it, it, particularly in on-base he plays in in traditional 5 by 5 he's he's sort of a late round guy because that average is going to pull you down so much and and he's he's probably a part-time guy but cuz he looks like he's in a platoon. Yeah, and, and he's got interesting upside. And you'll have to see like He's he's like a perfect example of like uh, how much is he going to be stymied by the lineup choices that the Nationals make where the National like Soto bats second, which is awesome and really cool. But they seem to put Lane Thomas and Victor Robles. They're like sort of speedier guys who do have trouble getting on base and definitely trouble with with getting hits. They put them sort of lower in the lineup. And and that really costs them in terms of runs and, and opportunities to steal bases. And obviously hitting in front of Juan Soto is where you want to be hitting in that lineup, not well after Juan Soto. So, right. So we'll just have to hitting see. Right after him is great. Yeah, right? like, yeah, maybe that's right. You know, if you got you got Nelson Cruz and Josh Bell hitting behind him. Those guys are going to have a lot of RBI opportunities. They're going to have a lot of chances. Of yeah. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this season goes like obviously like we're guardians fans so we have to acknowledge like watching j ram play this year will be really fun do we i think we have have to to acknowledge we have to we have to acknowledge it's been a depressing off season as a guardian we have to acknowledge the good things as they're going away from us because this is what's happening right now (laughs) and i'm excited i don't know if you saw the daniel espino scouting report from fangraphs from eric over at fangraphs but he said some of the most glowing stuff about espino's stuff I am. He's not the only one either. Yep. People are are raving about Espino right now. So that piece is good. Yeah, 
So we can be we can be <laughs> positive about some stuff. We're gonna have some low, low cost Maybe. controllable pitchers for a long time, which is what Cleveland specializes in. Ugh. Man, wow. it's frustrating. I might just have to become a Nats fan all full time. I'm going to be mad at them when they let Soto walk. So I don't know. It's t- yeah. tough all over. It's tough all over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us, Niv. I really appreciate it. For those of you listening, just a reminder to subscribe, leave us ratings and reviews. You can follow the show on Twitter at Keep or Cut. That's Cut with a K. You can follow me at Chad Young. If you want to follow Niv, you can find him at AutoNew. At AutoNew and shoot me an email, help at AutoNew.com if you have any questions about the game. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, glad to have you on. We'll have to do this again. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.